Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. You ever heard the term, somebody's dressed to the nines? Come on, how many of you have heard that term, wave your hand, dressed to the nines? Sure. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to, a real simple thought right here from Ephesians chapter one, I'm going to call it blessed to the nines. Let me show you nine things that God has said. Oftentimes, uh, people forget, or maybe they've just never been taught, that God wants to bless you. So I'm going to roll these nine things off to you because it is very important. Uh, Years ago, when I traveled a lot, uh, back in the 90s, especially in the early part of the 2000s, I would go to Europe and I was over in uh, the Republic of Ireland many times and we were having revival there and I would fly over there during the week and come back here on the weekends and, uh, and great things were taking place. Well, over in Ireland, they have some wonderful wonderful china, and especially crystal, where there's Gal, uh, there's the Galway uh, crystal factories over there, and uh, there are all these different type of uh, great Irish crystal that's uh, uh, obviously it's famous all over the world. Well, I would uh, buy some of that almost every time that I went. It just cost a little less over there than it does over here. I would buy it, and when I first started doing that, I shipped it back. And so they would package it up and, and they would get it all ready and they'd ship it back over here. And I remember uh, uh, probably one of the first times that I shipped it back, I was so proud of it. I was thinking, Cindy's going to be so happy when she gets that big old pretty vase or a bowl or whatever it was. And uh, she's just going to be so happy when she gets that. And when she opened it up, it had been cracked and broken in shipping. And so I had to go back over there and get her another one. <clears throat> The bowl didn't cost that much, but the ticket cost a whole lot to go get that. No, that's not true. And so I went back, and uh, the next time I went, of course, I got some. But I changed my whole uh, philosophy on that. I stopped shipping it over there. And shipping it back, I just began to carry it back with me. And I would package it uh, and take it onto the airplane with me. And so I didn't get to uh, bring as much at one time as I wanted to. But over the years, we accumulated a lot of, of crystal like that. And it's very pretty stuff. And of course, we got hutches full of those uh, things today and cabinets. And, and you're welcome to have all of it you want now. <laughs> so we would do that. We would bring it back. It was uh, wonderful uh, to get to do that. Uh, but sometimes when you will ship something, especially if someone else uh, knows that it's coming, there's a certain anticipation. And even when I uh, shipped that to her, I was so excited that I had remembered, first of all, uh, that I was going to do that because we were so busy uh, doing morning and afternoon and evening services. It was just a continual time like that. And so I was just so excited about it. And I was excited to see her face when I got home and she uh, had the crystal and she was going to uh, just enjoy it and hopefully one day pass it on to our children and things like that. Uh, And then it was broken. You know, that's never a happy moment, is it? But when you start reading the Bible, and we'll see this tonight, God, I don't know any other way to say this other than to say it just kind of like this. God has prepared you. He's packaged you. He has protected you. 
He has preserved you and he's real excited about the fact that one day he's going to open you up even in heaven. Can I show that to you in the word? So we're in Ephesians chapter one this afternoon. If you'll allow me, I'll probably read about 10 or 12 verses to you. And uh, these uh, verses are very powerful. Then I'll elaborate for, uh, for just a few minutes on it. And we'll just believe God for the blessing. I'll call it the blessing to the nines. Beginning in Ephesians chapter one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints. Are y'all okay if I teach tonight instead of preach? By the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Ephesus, of course, is in modern day Turkey today, where Turkey is today. That's uh, where Ephesus was at that time. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says grace and peace. That's an interesting uh, term right there because at that particular church there were Gentiles as well as Jews. The Jews used the, the greeting of peace, which of course would be shalom. Everyone say shalom. But Paul begins to write about something else to the churches because he writes about the grace of God. And so in the particular church, a greeting that they would have, and also, uh, oftentimes even when they were uh, leaving, uh, but when they would salute one another, they would either say, peace be to you. But when Gentiles started coming in, they understood the term of grace, which means blessings come to you. So Paul begins to write both. He writes to the Jew and to the Gentile who had been converted and they were now followers of Jesus Christ in the church at Ephesus, which in my opinion is one of the greatest uh, books that he's written. They're all great uh, because they're inspired by God. But F uh, the book of Ephesians really means a lot to me. Uh, and I've spent obviously about 50 years in it already. So the scripture says grace and peace uh, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Come on, shout blessed. blessed. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. For the sake of time, let me just say it to you quickly. You notice he uses a past tense there. He has already, he hath blessed us. He has already. Uh, someone once said this, so I'm going to repeat it because I actually believe it's true. Everything God is ever going to do for you uh, he's already done it through Jesus Christ. Uh, he's not going to die again for us. He's not going to have more stripes placed on his back. He's not going to raise up from the dead again. He's already done that. And because of that redemptive work, Jesus, of course, being what the Bible calls, the Apostle Paul here calls him in another uh, uh, one of his writings, the second man, Adam. Adam was not the first Jesus. Adam was the first human. But Jesus, the Son of God, came and wrapped himself in the Adamic nature. He took on the body of a man. Therefore, the scripture calls him the second man, Adam. Someone once said, I wonder why Jesus uh, in, the Garden of, uh, in the Garden of Eden, why didn't God just kill Adam and Eve and start the whole thing all over again? Well, if you just think about it for a minute, uh, first of all, uh, Adam was the one who had the authority. And so God did actually do that. Only he did that because Jesus came and became the first again. Hallelujah. The Bible calls us new creations, new creatures in Christ. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
And so he writes right here and he says, Grace and peace uh, from God our Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us. Come on, somebody shout chosen. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us. Ooh, there's a word. Come on, everybody say predestinated. predestinated. Say it three times real quick. Predestinated, predestinated. Sounds like you're talking in tongues almost. When you say it. it says he has already predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It was his own will, his desire. God did that and he brought us into his family. To the praise of His glory, verse 6 says. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in Christ or in the Beloved. Come on, somebody shout accepted. How many of you are glad God accepted us? The Scripture says He has accepted us. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption. Come on, shout redemption. We have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, the plautos of His grace, the abundance of all of His goodness toward us. Wherein, verse 8, He hath abounded toward us uh, in all wisdom and prudence. Come on, somebody shout abounded. Verse 9, having made known. Woo, these are words. Having made known unto us the mystery. Come on, shout mystery. The mystery of his will, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Until that time when Jesus died and rose from the dead, poured out the Holy Spirit, and they begin to teach and write, and God begin to raise up great authors and great apostles and leaders who begin to show us, listen, the, the mystery of his will toward us was not known. It was a mystery, which means unrevealed. But the Bible says through Jesus and because of his grace and because of his abounding love toward us and his goodness toward us, he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. That's one of the reasons that we read the word of God. Come on, shout hallelujah. Uh, According to the good pleasure which he purposed in him, uh, Verse 10 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, whoo, those are words, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. Look at verse 13. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed. Come on, shout sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Woo, glory to God. So if you're taking notes this evening, uh, write these things down. If you're not taking notes, then start taking notes. Uh, or else be sure you get our, our app, get on, the, uh, on our uh, webpage. You can go, just go to your app store, download Abundant Life, and you'll get that app. And I, I just believe God will speak to you and teach you some very powerful things. Because if we understand what God has already done for us, But then he gave us faith and he gave us love and he gave us hope. 
He gave us prayer. He gave us the confession of the Word of God so we could get a hold of what He has already done. For instance, our brother back here getting healed in the name of Jesus. Healing has already been loosed through the work of Jesus Christ. And suddenly the knowledge of that has begun to abound toward us. And I'm not just talking about medical treatment here. I'm talking about the grace of God. But I still contend that all forms of healing are part of the grace of God, the goodness of God coming toward men. Uh, beginning in verse 3, you notice the Bible says, write this down, point one. I'm going to give you nine of them, and they're coming real quick. The Bible says he has blessed us. Come on, shout blessed. blessed. You and I are blessed. Touch somebody around you and say you're blessed. blessed. You're blessed. Come on, tell somebody on the other side, you're blessed. The word Bible, uh, the word in the Bible for blessed, the, the Greek word for that is E-U-L-O-G-E-O, eulogio. And uh, the word logos, of course, is the word for word. Logio is a, uh, is a type of that word. It's a, a, a variation, a derivative of it. And uh, when you see the E-U in front of it, it means that he has pronounced or spoken his goodness to you. The Bible says that God has blessed us. The Word of God contains the blessing. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and He will give you the blessing, the goodness of God. That blessing just literally means grace. It means mercy. It means healing. It means power. It means provision. It definitely means the new birth. It means the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It means salvation with all of the, all of the different terms that apply in the Scripture to the word salvation. The Bible says we are blessed. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're not worthy. God says, no, I bought you. You're my child and you are blessed. The biggest problem that we have in the body of Christ today is misjudging uh, God and his goodness like the prodigal son's older brother misjudged the father. And because of that, he lived way below his covenant rights. But the father began to reveal. He said, all I have is yours. All you have to do is ask. Well, thank God you and I can come before the Father in Jesus' name. And we can ask because we have been blessed. Glory to God. And His Word uh, is actually the word we get the word eulogy from. Also, the word eulogy, of course, would be the end, would be the blessing at the end. Oh, glory to God. And He has already blessed us. Uh, the Scripture says, you'll notice in verse 4 it says, wherein He hath chosen us. Woo, we have been chosen. Come on, touch somebody again and say, I've been chosen. It's an interesting word, E-K-L-E-G-E-O, eklego. And the word eklego in the Greek, that's what that word is from the original writing that it's uh, in English, King James uh, had his uh, interpret translators when they translated the scripture. These guys were genius uh, in uh uh, certainly in, lingu in linguistics and stuff. And as they begin to translate that, that's the way it came in English for us. It says that out of that word eglego, the word ek in the Greek is the word for out. And the word uh, legio, uh, lego uh, literally means I say. And the scripture says that he has chosen us. It would be like someone coming right there and saying, I'm calling you from outside, and I'm calling you, come out or come in. If I were to go outside and you were inside and I was outside standing on the sidewalk, I'd say, hey, come out here. We're having fun. 
Come out here. There's a lot of good things going on out here. That's the word eglego. It means to come out. And the Bible says that through Jesus Christ, God said, you've been in a curse. You've been in a realm that still has a curse, but I'm going to call you out of that. And you can come into the kingdom of God and begin to walk in the blessing. Come on, somebody shout, I'm blessed. blessed. I got to give you nine of these. That's number two. Are you getting a hold of this? Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're not blessed. Paul writes about it so many ways. It would take a theologian to mess it up. In verse five, you notice it says that he predestinated us. He predestinated us. I'm going quick, y'all. Stay in here with me. Pray for me that I make it. It's the word prurizo, and the word prurizo literally means to prearrange in advance, to determine beforehand. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, God prearranged advance that you and I don't have to go to hell. We can actually listen to that voice of the Holy Spirit and we can come out from among them and be you separate. That's what happens when you got saved. You became a vessel then for the Holy Spirit to fill. And the Bible says God made that arrangement in advance. Long before you were ever born, God made plans to have for whosoever will, anyone who would call upon him according to his word, they could come out of that lost condition and that pathway to hell. They could come out of that and get over onto the blessed side. Come on, I wish somebody would help me just a little bit. And that's not just a church thing because when you leave church, you're still blessed. So when the enemy says you're going to be a failure or maybe you've been told that or maybe you've just picked up the wrong mindset and the wrong attitude because you've had some uh, negative experiences or something, you need to readjust yourself and get back in the word and find out that God says you're blessed, you're called, and I made arrangements in advance for you to walk in that blessing. Now rise up and walk in it. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, So important. Uh, for you to embrace what God has done for you. Uh, the scripture says he blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Where do you feel like you're lacking with the blessing? That's where you need to adjust yourself. Go back and look at it. If you've had uh, areas of unbelief because of circumstance, that uh, maybe you just have a tendency to follow just the natural course only, then repent. Ask God to forgive you for not trusting him or believing his word and then rise up and act on it. Hallelujah. It's very important. Uh, Here's the fourth thing. The Bible says in verse six that he has accepted us. Glory to God. We have been accepted. Uh, the word accepted, interesting word, charito, the, the word C-H-A-R-I-S is the word uh, charis, which we get the word grace from. Uh, charis or charito, T-O-O, uh, to, uh, charito, it means highly favored. It means to be made acceptable. Something that is acceptable. The reason that Paul is writing this is because he comes to verse 13 and 14 and he says, God is so excited about the fact 
that he has already packaged you with blessing, with goodness. He's made it available. He has surrounded you. He's done all of those things. I'll show it to you in just a moment as we get to it. And he is shipping you to heaven. I wish this would get in somebody's spirit right now. If this is a little bit, uh, if it's a little uh, bit too broad of a definition, will you hang in there with it and ask God to give you a better one? But the scripture just says you and I are on that way. We are pilgrims and strangers passing through and God has prepared us and made us ready and we're supposed to show forth his praises all the way there. And when you get to heaven, there will be an enormous amount of, of joy that's going to be released because God wants you to go to heaven. He doesn't want you to go to hell. And when you get to heaven and they unwrap that new body, you get that new life, you get all of those. If there's any cracks, if there's any spots or wrinkles, hallelujah, you're going to get a brand new one. And God knows that. That's why salvation is in this day, not when you get to heaven. We're not waiting to get to heaven to get saved. No, no, that belongs to us today. Praise the Lord. Someone shout, I'm accepted. Here's number five. Are y'all doing okay? The Bible says in verse seven that he has uh, bought us with redemption. He has redeemed us through his redemption. That is an interesting word. Uh, Apolutorosis uh, or artrosis, apolutrosis, uh, an interesting word. It literally means to pay a price. Uh, it could mean to pay an enormous price, but in, in the tense that it's given and the way it's written, it actually says to buy something in the intent of either giving it away or releasing it. He ransomed us. If you were to go buy uh, maybe a, a bird that was in a cage and you go and you say, I'm going to get that bird and you pay a big price for this bird. And then you say, okay, I'm going to release this bird. The reason I bought it so I could set it free. That's exactly what that term means. Only it's toward mankind. If I read that, of course, out of Galatians 3.13, there's a word there, which is a very powerful word. Uh, and uh, in the Greek, where the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout redeemed. redeemed. And there the word means to buy back and to pay a big price. And it goes on, and one of the tenses of that in the Greek is to set a prisoner free. So it's like God bought you to set you free. We were a slave to sin. Come on, I wish somebody would help me here. We were a slave to death. We were a slave to the curse. But the scripture says God has bought you to set you free from that. Woo, I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. The scripture says it's the act of paying a ransom in full to purchase something for the purpose of releasing it. Woo, number six, uh, in verse seven, it goes on and it says uh, that by his grace, we have been forgiven. He has forgiven us. I'm talking about the nine blessings. He has forgiven us. Aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. -E and the word just literally means like a judge would grant a pardon or to give freedom to someone. A judge makes a ruling. The Bible says that God has pardoned us. Oh, glory to God. Now listen, the apostle Paul understood that that is a spiritual thing that has taken place 
because mankind is locked on the way to hell without Jesus Christ. We're set in, in course for that. We are conceived in iniquity, the Bible says, because the fountainhead of humanity, who was Adam, uh, really fouled up. The first man, the prototype that God made, that man uh, committed, uh, I, I like to call it treason or rebellion against God. I don't have time to take you through that whole thing, but I promise you that's exactly what the Scripture says. And when they did that, and they rebelled against God, it released a curse or what the Bible calls spiritual death. It released that in the earth. And therefore, men, men and women, people are born to die unless you get born again. And then you're born to live. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And the scripture says he has pardoned us. That's why if John 1 says, if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He can ask God to forgive him and he will pardon him. He will forgive him. He will grant him freedom from the curse or the wage of sin. Blessed is the man, the Bible says, to whom God will not impute sin. That means in your spirit, God will not put, because sin is much more than the act of disobedience. It literally is a spiritual thing that is not in heaven. And just like having a slate, just like having a, a chalkboard up here that's completely clean, and then all of a sudden it's got a big stain on it, or it's got a bad word written on it. But the Bible says that when you get in Christ, He cleans the slate, makes it brand new, and if anything gets on it again, you need to ask God to forgive you and he will grant that to you. Oh, glory to God. Under the law, they thought they had to do something for that to happen. And But when you have a new nature in Christ, you yield to that new nature. And if you still have that battle going on in the flesh, you just make that decision. You're going to serve God. You're going all the way with God. You're going to believe the word of God. If you lose that, uh, if you lose one of those battles, whatever you do, don't lose the war. You can ask God to forgive you, the Bible says, and he will forgive. Somebody said to me one time, they said, it's so hard to, to live for God. It's so hard to be a Christian. I'm trying so hard to be a Christian. Time out, time out. Jesus did the hard work at Calvary. So I'm not really sure what they had been taught, but can I just say that if you will humble yourself and say, God, forgive me. There is a strength that comes in you. If you have to do that 70 times a day, you do it until you have the victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord if you're getting a hold of this tonight. Sometimes we forget what God brought us from. Praise the Lord. What he bought us out of. And you'll notice in verse 8, it says that he has abounded toward us. He has abounded the grace, of the, the riches of his grace has abounded toward us. His knowledge has abounded toward us. It's not like God said, now look, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this and give you just a little bit. Uh, and so maybe I can just keep you, you know, like a carrot in front of your nose, uh, always trying to reach out. No, God said, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. I abounded my grace towards you. 
of the riches of my goodness, my grace, my knowledge. It's abounding toward us. Our problem, if we're not careful, is we will not uh, moderate or discipline our own structure, structure ourselves to study, to show ourselves approved, to learn, and then by faith activate what we have learned. Woo, glory to God. Wait, Pastor, you mean I have to do something? Yeah. Yeah, you have to believe. You believe in your heart. You see how good God is to you. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cindy and I have been married, uh, as of last month, we've been married now for 43 years. When I was a a young man, thank you. When I was a young man, she gets an extra crown in heaven for putting up with me. Uh, When... When I was a, 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 just a young husband or even before uh, we had gotten married, I had certain insecurities as a man, like all young men do uh, most of the time, especially the idea of being married to the same person all of my life. Like, how am I going to maintain a relationship when I have a hard time just keeping a friend more than 90 days? How am I going to be married to that same person? I had a hot temper and all kind of craziness, you know, and, and so how am I going to be married to this person and who, who is precious and, and sweet and loving and smart and, and, uh, had all these qualities that I admired. Plus, you know, to me, she is smoking hot. So that's the way it was. And, and, and I just wanted to be with her. And I had this fear that I could not maintain that relationship. And so, but I had, I had such a love for her. I'd take my whole paycheck and I had a good paycheck. I was making money uh, from the time, you know, I went to work for LP as a purchasing agent and, and I was up in the executive side, beginning to run administrative side of it. God had blessed me and some good things were happening. And so I didn't have any bills and we were making money and I was buying stuff. And I'm giving her just about anything I could buy, Rick, like you did with Mary. And I'm sure, you know, I'm like, I don't want her to leave me. I'm afraid some other guy's going to, you know, wink at her and stuff like that. I wasn't sure she was going to stay with me. So I was buying her stuff. Maybe she was working that a little bit too. I'm not really sure. I need to ask her about that someday. And then I found out that she really loved me. And she wanted to marry me. And of course, I loved her. And so it was a, it was a wonderful thing. And then after we got married... Now, all of a sudden, I just wanted to be a blessing to her. I wanted to give her everything. Listen to me. The Bible says that our Heavenly Father loves us so much that out of His uh, abundance, He has abounded toward us. The biggest problem we have is believing it. The day you believe it, it changes your whole temperament. Changes your whole attitude about living for God. When things don't look like they're going uh, the way you want them to, and you feel like that, that hell has just attacked you some way or situations aren't going right, just rise up in your inner man and say, wait a minute, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and I cannot be cursed. God has abounded his goodness toward me. He will hear and answer my prayer. He will give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll speak the word of God. I'll declare it and things will begin to change. Are y'all doing all right? I'll never forget when Hurricane Ike hit uh, and it came right up 45 out here and a twister, uh, a a little tornado, a twister of some kind, a cyclone uh, bounced around in this area right here. It bounced over. It came across the back and it hit the top of the building right over there and snapped a 2,000 square foot piece of, of roof and ceiling totally just yanked it off. Totally. It was gone. A big hole up there, a 2,000 foot hole. Y'all know a lot of water comes through a 2,000-foot hole in a hurricane. 
And all of that took place. And when I looked at that, I don't mind telling you, my heart just sunk. Whoosh. I thought, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then that passed. And so it took about 15 seconds. And I said, hallelujah, let's have a church service. We're going to have our first service right out here. And it was too dark in here, so we did it out in the front four. You're there. And we had about a, probably a 20-minute uh, uh, time right there where we prayed for some people. There were, there were just a handful, maybe a dozen people or so there. We prayed for people. And we asked God, how do we respond on this day? And we loved on one another. We made sure everybody had a, uh, some food and something because this area, you know, y'all remember, uh, didn't have any power for a while and all that kind of stuff. And then we rolled our sleeves up that day and started bailing water. And then God provided someone who drove up and said, hey, I've got these big old uh, uh, suction machines. We've got all of this kind of stuff. We have the air scrubbers. Why don't you let us do that for you? And they did probably $250,000 to $300,000 worth of work for us, for the church. I said, I don't care what it costs, just do it. Just do it. Thank you. Uh, they began to uh, do all of that. When they got that all completely done, so it was ready to be rebuilt again, they gave us a bill for $40,000. And then we gave them a receipt of giving. That's what they said. Just give us a receipt of giving. We just want to be a blessing to the church. That just covers some of the, of the salary of some of the people that were in here working some of the guys. Come on, somebody shout Hallelujah. But we begin to say, well, it doesn't make any difference what's happened. God has abounded toward us. We're just going to get with it. And I know that goodness and mercy are going to overtake us in the process. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Pastor Brian, you've seen it in, in Australia. As you guys put your hand to the plow, just starting with one person and, and working and working. And sometimes you're up against the wall, but you know, you're never in a place where you can't do something. Pray, work, put your hand to it, and all of a sudden, good, goodness and mercy just catch up with you. And, and blessings begin to flow. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. That was number seven, wasn't it? Here's number eight. It says, having made known, in, in verse nine, uh, number eight in verse nine, it says, having made known the mystery of his will. Having made known is the word G-N-O-R-I-D-Z-O, uh, norizo. It means to make known, to declare, to broadcast something boldly and openly. The Bible says he has made it known. God is declaring it. It's no longer a secret. It's a secret to someone who's not in the kingdom of God. But the moment you say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden the light turns on. And that new recreated a spirit, that man of righteousness who lives on the inside of you, suddenly begins to see all of the benefits and the qualities of being a child of God. Even in the difficult times, he has made known, the Bible calls the mystery of his will. M-U-S-T-E-R-I-O-N, mystery, mysterion. The mysterion the mysterion of his will, the mystery of his will to make known. It just means uh, that something was silent. It's not that it was not knowable, but it had not been broadcast out yet. He had not revealed that not only was God going to be with you, but he now lives in you. He gives you a new spirit. It's the great mystery. The apostle Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
That's why when you get up and look in the mirror, uh, you just remember there's more to you than meets the eye. Come on, when you go on vacation, you can't leave God here and go on vacation because he's in you, he's with you. The Bible says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You're like, I want him to leave me sometimes so I can get out there and do all of that. No, he's going with you. He's going to be talking to you the whole time too. So we're not going to be out backing it up in the club for Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That ain't going to happen. No, we're going to live for the Lord. We're going to find joy that is uh, an uprightness and that leads to blessing, not to curses. I love what I'm preaching right now. The Bible says it's revealed. Number nine. Y'all ready for this? Look at verse 13. It says, whereby we are sealed by the spirit of promise until that final day, that day of redemption. And the word sealed right here, it says he has sealed us. Uh, It's the word S-P-H-R-A-G-I-D-Z-O. I I, I just call it uh, uh, Fradzidzgo. Fradzidzgo, thank you. Easy for you to say. But it actually just means a like a legal uh, sort of a seal that has been put on something that is going to be sent. It's going to be shipped. And so it's very important uh, because it has an official seal that's placed on it. They would take some kind of wax uh, once they had something packaged up and they would have it all packaged real good so it could be shipped. And then they would take this uh, a family uh, seal or some legal document, of some, uh, a stamp of some kind, and they would melt the wax and they would put that impression on it and it would seal it shut and it would have that, that insignia on it. And if you saw that insignia, you knew that that belonged to whoever that crest or whatever that sign uh, actually belonged to. And that's that word right there when it says it's sealed. Glory to God. It's like, this is mine. It's very important. I'm sending it. And I'm really excited about the fact that it's going. I'm excited about the fact it's coming to me. And the Bible says we have been sealed by the spirit of promise. The scripture says the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, when he came inside of you and he saved you and gave you a whole new spirit man, he sealed you until the final day. No, I'm preaching better than your amen. Uh, Listen, I come as close to believing in eternal security because I'm eternally secure as a Holy Ghost Pentecostal style preacher can actually come because the Bible says the Spirit of God sealed you. And right now we're just in shipping. We're just pilgrims and strangers passing through. I wish somebody would get a little bit excited about it. You have been sealed by the spirit of promise. You can be sure that our heavenly father is very excited about the fact that one day we're going to heaven. We're going to arrive there. He, he, some of us, by the grace of God, who knows? He may just meet us in the process. The, if you live long enough for the rapture of the church to happen in your lifetime, he'll just meet you on the road to going to heaven. But you belong to him. When Jesus is your Lord, he has sealed you with the spirit of promise until that day of redemption, the day of salvation. No wonder God loves us. He invested so much in us. We're his own uh, flesh and blood. 
You're made in His image and His likeness. We belong to Him. He sent His Son like us in the form. And the Scripture says, uh, Jesus defeated the curse that the first man, Adam, had released to all of, of, of Adam's offspring who were to be serving the Lord without the wage of sin. I'm just I'm cutting it down as quick as I can right now. But Jesus came. He died for us. He arose from the dead. And when Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, he's saying, and I have sealed you through that redemptive grace. I have abounded my goodness toward you. So learn it. Act in it. Know it. He said, I am with you. I have blessed you. My eulogy, my eglego is upon you. You are blessed. You are to receive that. And you are to own it for yourself. Now look, you say, well, that's a great message, Pastor, but what does that mean? If that doesn't cause every bell and whistle of joy to go off on the inside of you, I don't know what would. We either believe the Word of God or we don't. And when we do, then it works. It begins to work for you. Come on, work the Word and the Word will work for you. The Holy Spirit responds to that. Know who you are in Christ. Don't be like the elder son. Be like the prodigal son who came home and he suddenly got a deep revelation. I can come back to my father. Woo, glory to God. I think we ought to just lift our hands and bless the Lord. Come on up here and help me uh, this evening. God is good. Glory to God. God is good. What He said he blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Here's the nine blessings. I'm calling them blessed to the nines. Glory to God. Blessed to the nines. He has blessed us. He has chosen us. He predestinated us. He has accepted us. He has redeemed us. He has forgiven us. He has abounded toward us. He has made known the mystery of his will to us. And he has sealed us until the day of redemption. This is Walter Hallam. And I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.